The Oklahoma Sooners lose again, this time 27-24, to the Oklahoma State Cowboys. What a terrible way to end Bedlam. We'll talk about everything that went down in this game on today's episode of Locked On Sooners. You are Locked On Sooners, your daily podcast on the Oklahoma Sooners. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Sooner Nation? Welcome to Locked On Sooners. Thank you for making Locked On Sooners your first listen every single day. Today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On College for twenty dollars off your first purchase over at Game Time. My name is John Williams. You can follow me on Twitter at John Nine John Nine Williams. He's Josh Helmer. You can follow him on Twitter at Josh on Ref. You can also hear him Monday through Friday from nine to noon on the Care of Sports app and. Josh, it was a bummer, man. It, it was a game that the Oklahoma Sooners had plenty of opportunities to win. Three turnovers in the game, eight penalties for 55 yards, and you know maybe a little bit of an assist from the officiating crew in Stillwater. And the Oklahoma Sooners, I say an assist, but maybe a roadblock is a better way to describe it. Uh, the Oklahoma Sooners just couldn't overcome the three turnovers, the 55 yards of penalties, mm-hmm. especially the 35 yards on the... Uh, touchdown that put Oklahoma state up 24 to 21 that included a defensive pass interference, a Brent Venables unsportsman light conduct penalty. There was so much that went on in this game. Yes. The officiating was a big part of it. And we'll get into some of that as well, but let's just start with what we saw from the Oklahoma Sooners on the field today, Josh. Well, it wasn't good enough. It wasn't good enough from Oklahoma, you know, officiating aside, the, the Drake Stoops play, I'm sure we'll talk about in detail. And the uh, the one touchdown drive for Oklahoma State was obviously penalty-aided uh, as well. But uh, Oklahoma was not good enough in this game, John. The officiating uh, aside, Oklahoma gets off to a bad start defensively. They they give up the early touchdown. You come right back and answer with the, the long Gavin Sawchuck run. Uh, get, uh, get, obviously, the football back. But then, uh, I, I don't know what... Was it a bad snap to Barnes? Uh, what what was the situation there? You fumble the football away. Oklahoma State goes and scores. Then you can't get anything going offensively again. Oklahoma State tacks on another score. So it was even though you responded with that big Gavin Sawchuck run, and it looked like the, the next drive was off to another great start for you, John. The the miscue, right? That that sort of sets the table for how the rest of the game was going to go. Whether it was. Uh, Rame snapping back somewhere he shouldn't or Barnes wasn't ready for it and then he tries to give it to the quarterback. It was a discombobulated day for Oklahoma that did not have enough execution. And again, it was magnified by, for Oklahoma, on the road, John, something you can't do, which is another poor start on the road. Yeah, the poor start did not help matters. And and this is a Jeff Levy conversation that we'll have at some point in this show, but that play call, man, it just has to go away. The running back direct snap, it's not working. When Gavin Sawchuck took it, what, two weeks ago against UCF, it it did not work out well for Gavin Sawchuck either. He bobbled the ball and then took a big loss, or or maybe he even just outright fumbled it and then took a bad loss on the play. And that was early in the game as well. Why? There's no reason to do that. Just run your offense and run the football. Quit trying to be so cute with the ball and just play 
freaking football. Let your quarterback take the snaps. But I say that, and a little bit later in the game, you know, as Oklahoma's trying to mount, you know, another comeback or, or get, I can't remember exactly what the score was at this point, but, uh, you know, Andrew Rame snaps it into the shins of Dylan Gabriel. And that, that ball bounced so perfectly right back to the Oklahoma State defensive line that it was meant to be. I mean, it, it just was meant to be because a football does not bounce that perfectly where it hits them in the shins and then goes straight through all the offensive linemen's legs right to the defensive line and nobody has a chance to get it and corral it. it was, that was dumb and stupid and I hated every bit of it, especially the pictures I saw on. Uh, so, you know, for those of you, we have a service where we can get all the USA Today photos and, and stuff from the Oklahoman. Well, there's a picture of Dylan Gabriel trying to go recover that football. He ends up underneath one of his offensive lineman's tushes. We'll just say that much. But I, I just hate every visual of that play. But there's so many things that Oklahoma didn't do well enough in this game that is crazy to think. Like they still had a chance to win the game, even though they didn't do enough because this was a not a good Oklahoma state defense and they were able to run the football effectively. They were able to throw the football effectively and yet you can't turn the ball over three times and expect to win a football game. It, it, that's really what it comes down to. It's an, an age old adage. You turn the ball over, you lose, you lose the turnover battle. You're going to lose the game more likely than not. And Oklahoma had a chance to win the game, but the turnovers, they, they killed them. The, the absolutely killed them. The mental miscues, the false starts, like so many pre-snap penalties in this game that set them back into, you know, second and 15 situations, third and 15s, uh, that it was just mind boggling. It was mind boggling. Like just watch the football. And again, it's wide receiver false starts that we're seeing out of this team and not just offensive linemen false starts. The offensive line, you can kind of understand because you're not looking at the ball. You're looking at the guy you got to block and it is a loud, hostile environment. But for the wide receivers, it's just inexcusable for them to have false start penalties. But yet we see it every single week with this team right now, and it's getting aggravating. Everybody had a hand in this thing for Oklahoma again, right? Defensively did not get off to the start that you wanted, though. Obviously, uh, along the way, your offense set you up in some bad situations defensively. Uh, we know that to be true, too. but. Offense, defense, special teams, nobody comes out of this thing clean like they played this perfect game and, oh, one side of the football totally lost it, right? You missed a field goal in this game, and yet, having said that, this week, uh, go to bat here a little bit for the defense, John, to where you're also not going to probably play perfect a, lo a lot of times defensively, or there's going to be ups and downs where a squad gets you. For a drive or two, because guess what? They've got players like an Ollie Gordon that can go out and execute and make some things happen too, right? Well, Oklahoma's defense gets off to that start where it just it wasn't very good, right? wasn't very good. You give up 17 early points, again, obviously uh, aided by uh, the, the one turnover there by Oklahoma, and yet they buckle down throughout a, lar a large portion of this game, John. You, you come out. And uh, you have the interception that Dylan Gabriel throws. That's why I say everybody's got a hand in it. Dylan Gabriel, mostly a good game, right? But he gets pressured on one snap. It's a bad decision. Didn't need to force that football. He forces the football. You give away your first possession of the second half or you were driving down for a tying field goal or the go-ahead score. Okay, come back. Get, get the stop. Get the turnover on downs. 
go score, feel like you're in control, then guess what happens? Another turnover on downs for Oklahoma State. Then OU has its uh, its turnover on downs. You get an interception. You can't do anything offensively. So you had that portion right there where you could take control of this thing, and the defense, though it didn't start great, they gave you that sequence of uh, of events where they got the turnover on downs. They got another turnover on downs. They came away with an interception just like the end of uh, the, the football game at Kansas last week, right, where you forced the missed field goal, came away with the two interceptions, and the offense could not deliver. Yeah, that's what it comes back to for me, too, is the defense played well enough for the Oklahoma Sooners to win this game, uh, despite being handed some pretty poor you know, field position at times. You know, after the, the, the shin fumble, you know, the, the Oklahoma State Cowboys, they're in the red zone, but Oklahoma holds them to a field goal to give you an actual shot at winning this game. I mean, they held Oklahoma State to five of 15 on third down, one of four on fourth down, and did a really nice job on Ollie Gordon, especially in short yardage situations. Like, they were really good in those moments. Uh, you know, they they didn't play a great game themselves, but they played well enough for you to win this game. You should be able to score 30 points on this Oklahoma State defense, and, and you weren't able to do that in this one. Uh, again, we've got so much to talk about, but the offense is a big part of why this game did not go Oklahoma's way in this one. We'll talk more about this game, and we'll have so much more to say about the officiating, Jeff Levy, all of that on today's episode of Locked On Sooners. Stick with us after the break. And, okay, you may not be wanting to get tickets right now, but there's some great ticket deals available for you over at the Game Time app. If you're looking for concerts, you know, music venues, uh, musical theater, the show, Hamilton's coming around. If you're looking for tickets to whatever event, go to Game Time. The Oklahoma City Thunder, they're getting going right now too. But, hey, look, if you're looking for a Black Friday after Thanksgiving affair, you can get tickets on the Game Time app right now. There's some great options available to you. I'm looking at right now $52, Section 226, Row 18. That's a pretty nice-looking view over on the Game Time app. Go download it in your app store or the Google Play store. They got great deals up to the minute, and even for an hour after the game, Easy to find and buy tickets for every kind of event in your area. Views from all seats in the venue. Lowest price guarantee. Event cancellation protection. Job loss protection. You get so much protection from game time. It's the best place to buy your tickets. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with game time. Download the app. Create an account and use code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code L-O-C-K-E-D. O-N-C-O-L-L-E-G-E for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. All right, Josh, where should we go next? Should we go to the Jeff Levy discussion? Because that, again, was a very trending topic uh, on social media. And you could even see it. If you're not even on social media, you could see it in the game that this was a yet another performance in which the offense just didn't have a whole lot of flow to it. You had so many opportunities to go position yourself to win this football game even even after you had failed a couple of offensive drives a bunch of offensive drives in the second half john you had the football a chance to to drive tie the game or or win the football game could not deliver and somehow some way though jeff levy wants to throw his players under the bus in the post-game press conference you have a player run a route short of the line to gain, short of the sticks. It's fourth down. How does that happen? Whether it's 
the player doesn't go the right direction. Okay, who's coaching them? How do they not know to get beyond the sticks? I have to think it was the play call that was uh, dialed up right there. So I just I have a hard time taking Jeff Levy at face value that no, it was designed for him to be further past the sticks. Why wasn't he past the sticks? But that's just one instance of probably a number of examples from this game that uh, Sooner fans are going to be frustrated about. Well, to me, it goes back to that third and 10 call, the play before, where your your design is to get Jaleel Farouk the ball. And yeah, you're hoping that he can break a tackle and make something happen. But on third and 10, you're throwing a three-yard slant and hoping that he's going to be able to pick up the other seven yards. Now, it gets you two more, creates a fourth and five. But again, that's a to me, they ran a two-point conversion play on that drive, where you're just hoping you can get two or three yards and that'd be enough. That's not a five, seven, eight yard out route that Drake Stoops is running. Like that's a, and again, and they're throwing it to the short side of the field too. That's like, you're running a, a sprint out for Dylan Gabriel to the short side of the field. And Drake Stoops not going to have a whole lot of room to kick that ball and then cut it up field. I'm going to listen. Jeff Levy, he's one of these guys that nothing is ever his fault. He's never to blame for any situation. You know, whatever he dials up is perfect. Now, Brent Venables did defend his offensive coordinator in the postgame and said, hey, we got the right play for the right you know, coverage we were seeing and went with that. But still, Drake Soups, even if he would have run it to the five, six yard, uh, you know, six yards past the sticks, I don't know if the ball would have gotten there. Everything was so congested to that part of the field that it didn't give anybody an opportunity to actually make a play. So I don't I don't buy what Levy's selling on that. I think. This was a poor play call when Drake Stoops had been really eating Oklahoma State's secondary alive in the intermediate part of the field. Why are we throwing it at or short of the sticks? Why are we doing that? And it's just part of the Jeff Levy offense. The Jeff Levy offense wants to run, you know, short yardage play calls and hope that their wide receivers can make plays after the catch. And a lot of times it does work. But in critical situations, it is not working. And this is two weeks in a row where in crunch time situations, the play caller didn't didn't do anything right by his offense. And you could even go back to after the Billy Bowman interception. Billy Bowman returns it out to the 50. A great pick on an Ollie Gordon Hail Mary, you know, throw it up and hope your guys down there to go get it. Billy Bowman gets the ball, does something with it, you know, takes it to the 50 yard line and you go. What did you do? You went four plays. Sorry, you ran the ball with Tommy Walker, picked up the first down. Awesome. And then you ran the ball with Tommy Walker, three yards. Ran the ball with Tommy Walker, two yards. Ran the ball, no gain. It's fourth and five. Dylan Gabriel punts it, which was a great punt, by the way. But, I mean, you didn't give yourself an opportunity to go pick up a first down because you just ran, 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 ran. You didn't show them anything different. And, and that's the part of the Jeff Levy thing that I, I just don't get right now. It's yes, we want balance. We want you to run the ball, but we also want you to have a feel for like, Hey, I just ran it for 11 yards. Okay. I ran it for three yards. Now let's do play action. It's second and eight or second and seven. Let's run a little play action and go pick up the first down right now, as opposed to trying to get into a third manageable and then try to get into a fourth and manageable. No, go get the first down on first down, go get it on second down. Quit playing for third and fourth down and go get you first downs. It's just so frustrating watching this offense flounder these uh, these past couple of ball games. Obviously, now it's it's meant you've stubbed your toe twice, and 
any, uh, I mean, Big 12 championship hopes look like those are out the window. Obviously, the national championship dreams, those are those are done for the here and now. And Oklahoma's got larger questions, right, than, okay, the immediate goals of 2023. Now, now you've got folks that coming out of the Texas game, John, it felt like that was the win for Brent Venables and this staff that signaled, that said, okay, got the higher right. We we knew we we knew we thought we got the higher right. Now we know that we know that we know that we got the higher right. And now these last couple of weeks, the the offensive failures, some of the game mismanagement makes you feel like, oh, where where is the direction of this program right now for Oklahoma? And if we're talking just strictly offense, man, I mean, I, I can show you multiple turnover on downs in the second half. The 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 inability to get a snap back how does that happen how does that happen it's uh, inexcusable in this game just just not enough uh, offensively for Oklahoma I don't know why they have uh, so many major problems it's deeper than Jeff Levy it's larger than that he's a big part of the problem no doubt he can be better but again everybody has a hand in it John your center why is your center so bad right now that's beyond me, man. It, it the the snap struggles are just out of nowhere because Andrew Rams has been snapping the football for years. This is, should be a, a basic thing that he knows how to do with regularity, uh, you know. And I can and listen. I might be hard on Jeff Levy tonight, and and everybody might might be as well. It, it's frustrating. You're coming out of the loss. He's not the only one that led to this loss. I mean, you had drops by wide receivers in, in key situations. You had, you know, uh, it's missed opportunities, whether it was a, you know, Dylan Gabriel throwing that, that, hey, F it, Brendan Thompson's down there somewhere ball uh, into double coverage. You probably don't want to throw your 510 guy into double coverage. That's just me. Uh, but, you know, there were a lot of miscues on this team on the offense, and it just, it hasn't played with the same consistency or the same succinctness. I don't know if that's the right word, but the same, just, I don't know, everything working in sync. It just seems so disjointed. It seems like it's just herky jerky. I've mentioned that several times. Just nothing seems to be flowing like it should in a, in an offensive in particular, that's wants to run with a lot of tempo. There's just no direct thing you can point to that says, okay, this offense is this, this offense does this really, really well. It's all just ebbs and flows. And man, this drive, they're great. This next drive, you're like, where'd that drive come from? Like, who's this team all of a sudden? It, it just doesn't seem to have the same character to it every single drive. It, it's very disjointed. It's crazy to watch. I think that is the defining characteristic of yeah. Oklahoma offensively. Iowa State and Texas, the good portions of those games, those are the exceptions to the rule for Oklahoma offensively last season. What did we spend so much time talking about was not a great feel for the game. Doesn't sometimes try to be too tempo driven when you need to slow it down. Okay. Now this season, it's eh, probably ran the football too much in a situation where you took the, the football away from your quarterback's hands, eh, not running the football enough. In this instance, the feel for this offense, that's the defining characteristic. It's disjointed. John and, and the the talent concerns I mean that has to be a part of it too I think there's at some point a conversation to be had about offensive line 
that uh, that has to get better, if not by the end of this season. Not that it was the chief reason that Oklahoma lost this game, but just as a collective looking at where Oklahoma's been the last two years, offensive line is not up to Oklahoma standard, right? So that's part of Oklahoma being a little bit disjointed of an offense. But, man, they, they got some deep-seated problems, I would say, offensively, to where, to me, the great performances this season offensively, that's the exception to the rule right now for OU, unfortunately. Yeah, we got to get back to seeing them play a complete four quarters. Uh, we got so much more to say about this game. We'll share f- some more takeaways. We'll also talk about the officiating as well and what comes next for the Oklahoma Sooners. We'll do that after the break. There's only one place that you need to be for daily fantasy sports. They make it so easy. Prize picks. You can place your entry in 60 seconds or less. They got some really cool stuff going on too. With basketball season here, you can now pick combo projections across football and basketball from their specials league. What does that mean? It's a league specifically designed for combo projections that includes two or more players from different sports or leagues. For example, LeBron James plus Travis Kelsey at a 10 and a half combo of three pointers made plus receptions, just more or less. What do you like? Do you like more? Do you like less? And uh, how about for our Dallas Cowboys friends, big game, big game versus the Eagles coming up. Uh, Eagles fans, you too. Dak Prescott plus Micah Parsons. More or less, two and a half touchdowns plus sacks. That's kind of an interesting play from Prize Picks tomorrow. But check them out, prizepicks.com backslash locked on college. Use our code locked on college for a first deposit match up to $100, prizepicks.com backslash locked on college. Use code locked on college for a first deposit match up to $100. Daily fantasy sports made easy. All right, Josh, give me an, another takeaway from this game. I'm just frustrated. You know, I, I'm just frustrated. I, not not a great takeaway in the sense that, hey, what, what stood out from the game? I'm just disappointed yeah. with Oklahoma because I, as someone that lives and breathes this with all of you, I'll admit I got my hopes up a little bit uh, about this Oklahoma team coming out of the Texas game. And now, as we, I guess, spin it into a little bit of a takeaway, I think the Texas game was more of an upset than it was the truth about Oklahoma. And I hate to say that. As, as Texas beats Kansas State, and it wasn't perfect for them, but oh, by the way, they did it with the backup quarterback, So and they went on the road, and they beat a great Alabama team. Maybe folks kind of had it right about the, the Texas game being a little bit of an aberration, and the better team didn't win that game that day. Right now, the way Oklahoma's playing, I kind of believe that to be the case for OU. So this team is not, John, where I thought they were. And that's offensively, defensively, just across the board. Some of the steps forward that uh, we thought the coaching staff had made. Again, I mean, why? I gave it a pass last week because of the the weather concerns, right? Why is this team not trying to attack to go get points late in the half? I just, some of the decisions this coaching staff makes, it's coaching and playing not to win. Yeah, it, it's it's been odd, you know, because Brent Venables, you just he just strikes you as a an aggressive coach, and maybe this is just a sign of like, hey, we we really feel like our defense has turned the corner. We believe that they can make stops, and so you know we're not going to you know force the issue offensively. At the same time, man, like that's you had about forty seconds left if you would have called a timeout and made Oklahoma State punt it away. Maybe you're afraid they're going to go for it on fourth and you're going to give them an extra set of downs. And so you're just trying to, you're, you're not going to put them in that position where they have to make a decision to go for it or not. 
So I don't know exactly. I, I didn't get to hear if, if somebody asked that question in the post game or not, but I, I'd love to hear if Brent Venables had a response to that. But I just feel like, yeah, it's not as aggressive offensively as I would like to see. And while the defense has taken, taken steps and made strides, they're still not where they need to be to sit here and play defensive football where you just run the ball and you're hoping to win like Iowa 10 to three. No, you still got to go and you got to try to put up points, especially in the big 12 where offenses are good. And I mean, Alan Bowman played the heck of, you know, played a heck of his game. He played out of his mind. Uh, Rashad Owens, uh, apparently all of a sudden he can get away with all of the, you know, offensive pass interferences and no big deal. Like he can push off, but nobody else can, um, you know, Brent, obviously Brennan Presley, like that dude's a good player. And Ollie Gordon was really good today. He Oklahoma, it's funny because you, you see the conversations like Oklahoma, they contained him, but he still ran for 133 yards and two touchdowns. Like as a really good day, had an 18 yard reception. He had a really good day and he was even banged up a lot through this game too. And, and I felt like he had a, a still good day, but all that to say the Oklahoma offense can't sit there and say, okay, the defense is going to pitch a shutout or the defense is going to hold them to 20. So all we got to do is get to 24. No, you got to go and you got to keep trying to score all the points possible. Don't give up on a possession. It's been odd, you know, the, the timeout after the Drake Stoops non-call, I don't even want to say missed because the referee was standing right there, but the missed call or the non-call, I guess there was so much like outrage in the aftermath of that, that Brent Minables had to then take a timeout to get Zach Schmidt and the field goal unit on the team like that. Again, that's a missed opportunity. That's a missed timeout. It didn't matter because Oklahoma turned it over on downs, but what if it would have mattered? What if you needed that timeout at some point in the game? You didn't have it. Uh, you give the ball back to Oklahoma State. Maybe you have that timeout and you can you have one more timeout to to burn to try and get the ball back again. But I it yeah, it's the the game management, which we thought was getting better over the last couple of weeks, has regressed. And this team in general has regressed the last couple of weeks since the bye week. I mean, they definitely peaked uh, for that win over Texas, but they've regressed a little bit this week. On the officiating, man, not only was it the Drake Stoops. You know, we, I want to talk about that one, but the call on Brent Venables for the unsportsmanlike conduct after the Makari Vickers defensive pass interference, man, I've seen coaches get away with way more than what they flagged Brent Venables for. They, they came back uh, on the replay and I mean, yeah, he ran up and he said something to the official and it was not within a, like two, three seconds. It felt like really quick that the ref pulled the flag and he launched that sucker into the air. He was like not having it from Brent Venables. I'm surprised that doesn't get called more, but because it doesn't get called very often, you don't see, you know, officials flagging coaches very often, but now there's been two in the last couple of weeks. I don't know if somebody's complained to, you know, the big 12 and said, Hey, keep an eye on Oklahoma's coaches. They're, they're John all the time and, or what, but I mean, so yeah, man, it, it was kind of a soft call. I felt like, but to the Drake stoops one, I just don't understand how you don't flag that that's such a key moment in the game and yes we've talked through all of the ways that Oklahoma missed opportunities in this game but this was one that should have been called had to be called and it was not called and it was egregious and it was an injustice to football that is a play that has to be called because it is 100% pass interference you know, they say that pass interference and holding happen on every single play, but it doesn't happen as egregious as that one was. 
you got to throw the flag in that situation. You absolutely have to. There's a big difference between getting first and goal at the one yard line with a chance to go ahead and also being up in the final few minutes of a game than kicking a field goal and being down in the final few minutes of a game. Huge difference. That was a huge moment in the game, and the Big 12 officials put that on a silver platter and handed it over to Mike Gundy. Well, and the the other element that I don't think you mentioned, I mean, do you think that was pass interference on on Macari Vickers? I think I could I can see how that one gets called. Both guys are jockeying for position. Both guys are are hand checking. Macari's he's got a he's got a tug on him. But I feel like you could have called offensive pass interference on you know Rashad Owens earlier in the game when he pushes off of Kanai Walker and goes up and makes a play. Like he li- he extends his arm, pushes Makai or Kanai Walker in the back, and then goes up and high points a ball. Like that could have been called offensive pass interference. They didn't call that. You know, there were so many times that they could have called play penalties. I feel like on Owens in particular, because he was getting away with a lot. And, but yeah, I, I don't, I, I can see the Macari Vickers one. I think that's 50 50. I can see Brent Venables being upset about it because again, Owens is pushing off on every play. But yeah, that one was not as egregious as the Drake Stoops one to me. Well, and I think it was a bad call on, on yeah. Vickers, but, and I, and I, and I think you can make that argument. I think it's fair to make that argument because again, Rashad Owens is sitting there pushing off Macari Vickers at the same time as, as Macari is trying to play the ball. It's a no call. It's it's two guys fighting for the football on a big yep. third down play. And, you know, if you're going to let some of the other stuff slide, that one can't get flagged then in right. uh, in the same turn. But it did, and it was that kind of day for Oklahoma. The Drake Stoops call, I mean, what, what else can I add? You shouldn't be able to grab somebody's arm or tug the jersey or tackle them before the football gets there when that's where the football is designed to be headed in the end zone. I mean, it's the definition textbook of pass interference. Oklahoma doesn't get the call. Uh, It's disappointing because it's back-to-back trips. You lost a game in Stillwater that you, you might've won the game. If you get those two defensive pass interference calls in that end zone that you don't get, but uh, the bottom line is the bottom line is the bottom line. That defensive pass interference aside, you win the game. If you don't have the two fumbles, if you don't have the interception by Dylan Gabriel, if you tackle a little bit better earlier in this game. I mean, we haven't even dove into that. Maybe that's the next conversation in our next edition. What has happened to the ability of this team to tackle ball carriers? I mean, why are they missing so many tackles, especially early in this game? So, uh, look, it's a bad call. They missed it. It uh, clearly, you could make an argument, maybe cost Oklahoma the football game. We can't totally play the hypotheticals game because we don't know what would have happened next. But you got a pretty good indication OU probably is going to gra- at least temporarily grab the lead right there. And yet, you know, unfortunately, the rule is the rule is the rule with football, which is they just weren't good enough in other instances, John, to make it to where that that singular call wasn't one of the deciding factors. Instead, it winds up being a deciding factor because Oklahoma just made the other mistakes to go along with it. Yeah, they allowed that to be a pivotal part of the game. When if they play cleaner, they play more disciplined, they play just better. Maybe it doesn't even factor. Maybe it doesn't even come to that at that point in the game. Maybe it's Oklahoma just needs to kick a field goal to ice the game as opposed to needing a touchdown to get the lead. But and here we are. And, and you know, a lot of people will say right back to this, and I hear you. Okay, well, those things happen, and the call still needs to be correct because yep. the game needs to be officiated right. So, Oklahoma yep. fans, you have every right to be upset. 
But, you know, from the other end of the equation, John, I would just say for Oklahoma as a football program, the thought that they're going to have is we just got to be better. Yeah, and, and there's a lot of fans that are going to feel that way as well, and I totally get where you're coming from. I just I kind of think big picture view also in that coaching staffs get changed because of losses. You know, if, if, if you don't have enough wins on your resume and the officiating plays into the part of one of those wins, you know, your athletic director, your president aren't going to look at the context of, of those losses, you know, if you have a losing record you know, for a team. Now this team probably isn't going to have a losing record. Well, they're not going to have a losing record this year. They got seven wins on the, on the record, on the ledger, but they're going to be welcoming a pretty decent West Virginia team to town next Saturday. One that beat Oklahoma last year and is playing better football this year. So no rest for the weary. You can't sleep on the Mountaineers coming to Norman, but hopefully things get corrected. They play a little bit more disciplined, play it a little bit cleaner. Don't turn the football over. And hopefully Oklahoma can get back on the right side of the winning thing. We'll continue to talk about Bedlam. We'll talk about what's coming next for the Oklahoma Sooners, what our expectations are for the rest of the season. And uh, I mean, who knows where this thing is heading, but we feel pretty good about Brent Venables. We'll have some conversations about the coaching staff and, and more big picture conversations uh, as we go along this week. Uh, but we'll get you ready for West Virginia as well later in the week. But follow Josh on Twitter at Josh on Ref, myself at John Nine Williams. The show is at Locked On Sooners. Subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts for free and available on all podcast platforms and on YouTube. Hit that notification bell to let you know when new episodes drop. But until next time, he's Josh. I'm John. Talk to you later. Boomer Sooner.